get into the magic with, with your, your host, Sess and Katie. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Into the Magic. I'm your host, Sess. And I'm Katie. And today we are talking about spirituality and what it means to us, what it's allowed us to do in our lives, and how it gives us like a foundation. Right. Yeah. Basically, how it helps us be better humans. <laughs> exactly. We have, you know, we have a lot of similarities in our, our stories. And I think for both of us, and certainly for me, it's felt like kind of a, a huge pot along the past like 20 years. I've been able to take little sprinklings of different cultures and religions and put a pinch in the pot and see a, what a feels good pinch. to me. Just a little dash of this, <laughs> a dash of this, a pinch of that. And it's really allowed me to find what assists me in becoming like a happy, healthy, whole divine person right and divine in the sense of like aware loving compassionate and living like a life that is meaningful to me and allows me to explore spirit and connection to the universe right because like there's this idea that you know a life of service is the highest form of life right and then in our minds, you think service means foregoing your needs and wants for everything else. And that's not actually true. Like we're in a, maybe that was helpful at one point in our human history, but now we're at a time where that's not the type of thing that, that allows you to shine brightest. Like what allows you to, like what allows you to help other people is being so centered in yourself that you can shine outward from there. You don't have to go out of yourself and do shit for other people. You can just simply be and and shine in that capacity and show the possibilities and the probabilities of what something different can bring to other people's lives. And that's, I think, what Sess is hitting on where she's, you know, it's been 20 years, 16, whatever, to take these little dollops and um, I had to throw the word dollop in there, you know, little dollops. Yeah. Little dollops of stuff um, from everywhere else to bring about like that centered piece for her. And, and that's the same for me. Um, you know, I'm not sitting here. I mean, we do volunteer. You, there are things where there is acts of service, but it's not, um, this is more about a personal journey than it is about what either of us have done so that we can pat ourselves on the back for Yeah. It. And I like the idea of looking at it like we're a lighthouse. You have to like yeah. be strong and have your light on in order to help other people. And just kind of yeah. being yourself sometimes is helping other people. Right. And the lighthouse doesn't like go out into the ocean. The lighthouse is simply there going, this is the way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That shit was sink in the ocean. So Katie, would you mind giving me and our listeners a, a brief history of your spirituality and what it looks like today and how it began? Sure. I would love to. So I, okay. Well, my mom's whole side of the family, not my grandparents, they, my grandparents stopped this, but my ancestors were all Mormons. Um, so there's like a little bit of, of that, like kind of just hanging over, not in a good or bad way, just present, I guess, in sort of my experience. And then, and I think 
We should also mention that we're going to do an episode on like ancestral healing because that's something that we've both have had experience. Uh, we with. both spoke about when yeah. I was in Phoenix a couple weeks ago, and that's a big part of your like ancestral yeah, healing. Yeah, that piece is. It's actually it's crazy. Yes. but we'll and get I, there. That's yeah, the we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop that story right there. Thanks. No, we're not. Sorry for the interruption. Please go ahead. <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. Let's proceed with our normal. Back to <laughs> business. But um, but yeah. So that was sort of there. Right? Right. And my mom, my dad's side of the family, that was my mom's side of the family. My dad's side of the family um, was my dad was born in Texas. So they were Southern Baptist, Um, you know, not necessarily fire and brimstone. I think my dad went through a little bit more of that, according to his stories, my dad and my uncles, than my sister and I ever did. But we both I grew up in uh, Southern Baptist Church in Omaha, Nebraska. And my mom, you know, wanted a connection with God, with Jesus, whatever, because she loved my dad's mom so much, her mother-in-law. And I do have to say my mother-in-law who passed away, or my mother-in-law, my grandmother who passed away um, a few years ago, truly did have something otherworldly about her. So I understand like the draw to that. But yeah, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. Um, I did not like it. I also went to Catholic school. Um, <laughs> so one could say it was a little confusing, but not really. Um, I was actually drawn to some of the ritualistic practices of the Catholic Church, um, more so than I was drawn to Southern Baptist ways of being, but um, none of them really hit with me. I didn't like, I could feel that there was this, and this isn't necessarily for everyone, this is just sheerly my experience, but I could feel shame. I could feel um, fear and this sort of idea of like never being good enough. And that was not something that I wanted to be in. Like, that's not what, (laughs) like, if that's what God is, well, then I don't want that. Like that's, that was my response. And so I went the other way. But the thing is, is I, I was never an atheist. Like I always knew there was something else. So I studied Buddhism in high school. Um, mostly out of rebellion. You know, I can't really claim that I was a true, (laughs) a true learner at that point. Uh, it was out of rebellion because I'm at a Catholic school and I'm studying Buddhism because that's the right path, you know? Um, and then crazy fucking kid, a crazy fucking kid studying Buddhism. Over. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I was well, on I know top that. of that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm doing all that, studying Buddhism, interested in Hinduism, going to a Catholic school. And uh, in my head, I had come up with, because we had read about transcendentalists and, you know, obviously in all their poetry and writing, there's this belief that like God is in nature, that like the birds are the chorus and the chapel is the trees and all of that sort of stuff, right? There's all this imagery to that effect. And um, I was very into that as well. So I came up with this idea of like, oh, like, okay, God is like, oh, and God is all encompassing. And maybe he just has to be translated into different cultures. And that's what all these different religions are. So that like, it makes sense to everyone. But really, it's all the same thing. And I kept, you know, that's like actually what I believed. And I came up with this whole belief system. And then I sort of translated into a a religion that I made up in a car while hotboxing in high school called Duganism, because that was one of our friends' last names. So, you know, I was always searching for something. I just, in my head, I thought it had to be structured. Like I thought it, well, it has to be legitimate, right? Like it has to be a legitimate belief system 
So I have to choose one of these things. And once, you know, as you know, I went through a hard period of my life where I eventually, um, I did a bunch of drugs and drinking and I got sober. And that turning point of getting sober allowed me to, you know, as we talked about, shatter everything I thought I knew about myself, which also meant shattering these like rigid belief systems of having to like fit in to these categories that already existed versus making my own. And that's what... That's sort of what that gave me was this ability. I remember them saying, um, them being, you know, the place that I was at uh, when I was getting sober, one of the multiple places that I was at was, we don't care what you believe in. You can believe in a freaking doorknob if you want, but you you have to believe in something other than yourself. And, you know, just that generalization of like just something greater than you, like that you are not totally in control was enough for me to start that curiosity. And, you know, I did study Buddhism. Like when I lived in Boston, I used to run the Charles River and listen to Alan Watts, Zen Buddhism, all that sort of stuff, just nonstop. Um, I did yoga. I studied Hinduism while I was doing yoga and teaching yoga and all of that. I um, I did all sorts of things like that. Just like Sess is saying, like little dollops of here and there. And Sess even got me into the angel cards, like when we both lived together um, in Prescott, Arizona. I still have those angel cards, those uh, goddess cards that we, I think we both got, um, you know, so it was just kind of a mixture of all of that stuff. And then I left for China and I lived in China for a year and I just set this desire, this intention of I'm going to find a spiritual guide on this planet when I when I come back from China and I moved back and I found the shaman that I'm working with now, Sherry Badu, who is, I, I don't even think there are words for what she is, what she embodies, what she represents. It's like cedarwood, like just that smell of like home and warmth and comfort and safety and security. And just being like, it's just be, that's her. And she allowed me to find and study shamanism, which is what she studies, um, South American shamanism. And I've been doing that for six years. And that to me is, um, is beautiful because, you know, in meditation, I'm actually like grounding and connecting versus trying to not think about anything, which is a previous form of meditation that I would do. And um, yeah, there are all these different practices and belief systems and ways of like seeing and viewing the world that have shifted in the past six years. Because for me, I think what that's done is hit home. It's like, oh yeah, no, this is what you were looking for, you know? And this isn't structured. (laughs) Like there's no wrong thing. You can't do something wrong in this. It's just what you're called to. It's about connecting with your intuition. And, you know, Cess's is different, but I think, and she'll explain that to you, but I think the commonality is that what we are learning through these spiritual practices is how to trust and believe our own intuition, because that's the whole point of us being put back down here as souls is to, you know, hopefully like we can connect with that higher, like we can connect with what's beyond this experience so that we can have a higher form of experience here. That's yeah. So tell us about yours. Thanks, Katie. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, in, in many ways, it's similar. And in many ways, it's different. And I think that we we both share many commonalities of our experience of like trying different things and then settling into a practice that feels good to us and feels good to our spirits. One of the things that I've learned is that I can't be like today 
I can't be too set on like, this is how it has to look. And this is exactly what I have to do in order to be okay and sane and connected to spirit. And (laughs) I have to do my meditation this way. And if I don't, I'm going to lose my shit. Because like, isn't that crazy? (laughs) It's so rigid. It's so rigid. It's It's like it becomes checking off the boxes. And not embodying it. Yeah. And not looking at your intuition and going, do I feel like, like, is this what my body wants to do? Is this what my soul wants to do? And I'm very, I can be guilty of being rigid in my spiritual practices and my meditation and my routine that I have gotten so used to doing that I get crazy about it. Well, you, a Taurus? (laughs) No. And as well as like, I'm also very empathic. I have to work hard at not picking up the energies of other people and other places. And so I think that if like, I don't have this like rigid routine that I'm not going to be okay. And so one of the things that I've learned in the past couple of years is to go with the flow and every morning, Mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe I did this yesterday, but. I can do something different today. I can do something different that feels just as good. And when I, just like you, Katie, I grew up going to religious schools, but my family had no religious orientation. We we weren't religious people. Uh, My parents just chose to send me to these schools. And I, I didn't really resonate with a lot of the beliefs or the not what do you call it? not I guess the practices I feel like I've been using that word a lot but like the religious yeah. practices of prayer and mass and clerk you know um, liturgies and all that kind of thing there's a lot of ritual in it <laughs> right. and I like ritual peace be with you and also with you Katie <laughs> also and with you <laughs> I, I mean there is a lot of very beautiful things in religion and growing up it was it wasn't anything that super resonated with me um, and then I met a a girl in high school. Her name's Nicole and she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. And she opened my eyes to spirituality because until then I had only been exposed to religion and I had no idea that there was something else. Right. No. Right. That it, you yes, have to fit within no this box. I had no freaking clue. And yeah. her grandmother was a psychic in California and she definitely had gifts. She had beautiful gifts. And I remember she was the one that introduced me to like the angel cards and like spirit guides and like, Seth, there's like spirit guides and angels with you all the time everywhere you go. They're like, oh, wait, I can like see one behind you right now, like over your right shoulder. Yeah. It was such an exciting time for me to start learning about this. And this was probably like 10th or 11th grade. And it wasn't until I got sober, very similar to your story, Katie, that that door cracked open even more and I actually walked through it. And I was like really given permission to explore what that looks like and how I can apply it to my life. And that just because other people have things that work really well for them that they are very strong in their convictions about doesn't mean that that's the direction, that's the road I have to take. And I can turn left and right. kind of travel down a dirt road and see see what's there. Yeah. Float on down. Exactly. And I feel like I've told this story many times, but one of those aha moments in my life was when I was in treatment in Arizona and there was a sunset and I was like out on the front front yard of this house we were living in and 
the sky was like on fire and it was like electric sherbet of like pinks and oranges and lavenders. Yeah. And I just, I saw that and I was like, holy shit. Like, this is what it is to me. It is the beauty in the world. It is the sunset. It is like a flower pushing through in the springtime. It is like the beauty that's all around me. And if I can tune into that and I can look at all of that magic that is occurring around me, that is something I can actually get behind. And so, yeah, it's been a a pinch of this, a dash of that, a teaspoon of this, you know, a dollop. And God, I wish I could think of some more fun fun words for this um but uh as well I've, i remember reading a book that is called this was like a life-changing book for me and it's called awareness and it's by anthony DeMello. yes oh, i love anthony and DeMello. there yeah. is a f- yes there's a phrase in it that is all is well yeah. all is well though all is a mess all is well And that can apply to literally anything like in this moment. What spirituality means to me right now is like in this moment, I'm okay. As long as I am connected to myself and my spirit and my mind, body and spirit are all one. That's all that matters. And that's that's I'm okay. Um, So, yeah, I think like today for me, it looks a lot like writing out. I like to journal. I love journaling. That's been like a part of my practice for yeah. a very long time. And I went through uh, a, an extreme kind of breakup in 2014. And that's when I really started to turn inward and realize I wanted more of a spiritual practice for myself of meditation. And I don't know that if before that I have really spent a lot of time meditating, I'd like take deep breaths, but to sit and and be with myself and feel at home and not be afraid of what would happen when you turn the lights out and what goes on in your brain. <laughs> right. To be comfortable enough with yourself to not be scared of yourself, bored with yourself, to be like yeah. lit up by yourself. And to find like right? inspiration and peace within yourself and hope and to be able to light right. your own light. And not- right. Yeah. And that's when you remember that like you're not yeah. you. <laughs> You're part of something greater. You are a soul here having this experience. And that if you are a soul, that means you are part of like that source. Energy. You are the universe. Yeah. So of course you can find peace. Yeah, you are the universe. So of course as, what you is can that find saying? peace there. But you have to be quiet enough. As above, so below. As above, so below. Yeah. And being at peace with yourself. And if you're not, it's like sitting with it to figure out why not. And that's what I started right. to do when I right. first speak. Like started my serious, like not serious. I mean, come on, my my like the way that I have made it part of my daily routine for the past like n- like nine years is sitting down every single morning, right? Regardless, and I said in the beginning of this, sometimes it's really I struggle with having it to have be too rigid and too structured, and at the other end, like right. actually carving out that moment for me at the beginning of every single day to be clear on who I am and to clear away, you know, crap that that might be like swimming around and to like sit with myself and to have that moment. Yeah, to set your have day that intention. Off right. And I listened to a podcast, Katie, we've talked about it a couple of times on being with Krista Tippett. And she had a guest, Sister Simone Campbell. She's a nun. And she says that meditation for her is like a snow globe. You shake it up and you set it down 
and you wait for all of the all of the snow to settle. Yeah, I love that image. I use that. And that's what meditation is for me, is allowing everything to settle to the bottom and receive clarity. And right. that's like very much stuck with me. And I want to be at home with myself. Yeah. And I want this house to be clean. Yeah. And I mean, you can start, viewer, listener, you can start by simply just sitting for a couple minutes in the morning in meditation. I mean, I know that meditation, everyone thinks like, oh, that's Buddhist. It's not. I mean, there's transcendental meditation. There are all different kinds of meditations. Like what it means is just being present with yourself and your experience for the moment. But that's the only way to like, you can't intellectualize your way into peace. (laughs) You can't intellectual. I've tried. I've tried. Like, if you listen back, you just heard the difference between Sess's experience and mine. I was like, taking all this information, reading all these religions, and Sess is like, I saw yeah. guides. You know, like, I fucking like, yeah, it's different. I have, you know, I am very intuitive, but I also have, I like very much intellectualize things. And trust me, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love that. I'm just like, yeah. And that's been part of like my practice and my work too. You know, I've gotten so much better at it, but it's, it's about trusting that intuition versus having to explain. Yes, exactly. Right. But like, let me like, just trust me. Let me have done this for you so that you don't have to like do it, but you're not going to intellectualize your way into a sense of peace and understanding and connectedness. You're just not, you have to sit with yourself in silence and get to know who you are in silence. That's, that's how you do that. And meditation does give you like, you'll notice it gives you, it doesn't matter what kind you do, but it will give you like an extra moment or two of response time. It will give you like, almost like new eyes in a way to be able to see things, situations, people, places, just a little bit differently, a little bit clearer. The more you do this, the more you don't like necessarily need to, I mean, you can, but you don't need to do that to get that intuitive hit. You know, that's another thing that I'm learning to trust at the moment is when I know things, I know things. And it's not like a self-righteous, I know things because I've done that shadow work. And I know when I get in self-righteousness, like I know that feeling. I know it, the feeling in my body versus me just actually intuitively knowing something. You know, whether that knowing is harsh and direct <laughs> or maybe not harsh, but it's just not what, what, wants, what wants to be heard by other people. Exactly. You know? And I one of the things like this brings up for me is like all throughout my life, I've been looking for someone or something to fix me. Right. Mm. In our in our show notes, we were talking about like no one else is your guru. You're your own guru. You're your own guru. babe. And so many times in my life, I have like gone to therapists or, you know, psychiatrists or doctors or anyone and been like, okay, this is it. This is the person that's going to heal me and fix me. And you hear this a lot, but it's like you're outsourcing your inner power, your own power to somebody else. You're just saying like, here's this tangible thing. I'm handing this to you. Please fix it. And through meditation, it's like, it's like internal housekeeping kind of. It's like, I'm not always searching for someone or something else to fix me. First of all, there's, you know, there's nothing like right. damaged with me. Oh, no. But it's it's that constant, like before, like settling into my own practice and my own belief system, it was very much like, please do this for me. Please do this hard work for me. And right. now it is like, this is such right. a gift. 
I love and savor every moment that I get in the morning to read my devotionals, to listen to music, to light sage, to right. to breathe and to recite my mantras. And I'm like, that's my medicine today. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you, like if you are working with somebody who's like guiding you, that's what they should be is a guide, not a guru. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, if they're, if, if you're working with somebody who's saying that that person, that guru is the person that has to do all this stuff for you, run, <laughs> run. That's not, that's not what this is. Your guide, it, people who are doing this, like the shaman that I work with, I am under apprenticeship of her. I'm learning how to be one, my own shaman and just a shaman in general. Right. So she doesn't ever tell me what I'm seeing. She asks me what I'm seeing. Yeah. What do you see? Oh yeah. I see that too. Because she's teaching me how to yeah. trust myself, like Sess is saying, how to find that inner power and highlight it and like love on it and and get to know that versus outsourcing it to somebody else. So yeah, this is, I mean, spirituality and true connection is about you. It is a very personal practice and you can have people who guide and show you ways of doing it. But if they are saying you to you that that is the only way or that they need to do things for you. No, no, no. And <laughs> no. for yeah. me, that's, it is like the biggest gift in my life today. It's like one of the biggest gifts of my life today is those moments of like deep connection and clarity and connection with source and the cosmos and like that magical feeling of being like transported, not like out of yourself, but like, <laughs> It's so hard. Further with it. Yes, further, further with it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and anyone who knows me or has spent any time with me, it's like I have to have my time in the mornings. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. She and does. <laughs> and for me, that's like my dedication to myself too. And I I've had like many like books that have been like, wow, that's this is the ticket. This is it, you know, and then yeah. really gone on a tirade or a tangent or obsession with that book for like a while. But at the end of the day, all the books fall away. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's just information. It's like those the little exactly. snow, in the snow globe. It's like it was there and it may have informed you to some degree, but it's not the backbone of your belief. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some ways that like I, I think that, that this is how I got started was just like sitting down for th like two or three minutes in the morning and breathing. That was it. That was literally yeah. it. Now I could spend like yeah. two or three hours. I, I love it. I now. soak it in. But to start that, yeah. to start that connection, to start that, you know, cord between you and the universe or spirit or consciousness or whatever right. you want to call it or whatever you believe in is like find the things that resonate with you and you know right. i grew up really well i grew up going to religious schools i didn't grow up i don't i find like native american and indigenous cultures to have such a beautiful beautiful magical Yes. And I find that I resonate a lot with that. And yeah. for me, it's about learning about it yeah. in respect to the culture and what I'm borrowing yes. for my own practice to honor that. And yeah, and that's the key. Yes, word, right? exactly. Because it. I, yeah. you know, I grew up yeah. in a white family in America. I didn't have a lot of like, 
you know, spiritual, like let's have this ritual of burning sage and cleansing our home or something like that. And so no. to be able to. Right. Let's connect yes. with like earth in these ways and all. Of yes. The I was thinking about others. that too. Yeah, like the, to- the animal totems and like how you're connecting yeah. and seeing yourself in nature as well. You are a part of it. Exactly. It's a mirror. Yes. You are a part of it. So why wouldn't nature speak to you? And like how beautiful and like kind of, I mean, sad that we've lost like the ability to connect in that way that we've constructed from that all of these structures and how you're supposed to connect and you have to connect through this other hierarchical person in there versus like We've, we're talking about with the Native American, um, any Native culture, honestly, whether it's South American, from Mexico, wherever, they have, there is like a commonality and a way of connecting to earth that, yeah, like I, yes. I am very drawn yes. to, just like you said. It, yeah. it like that resonates with me and it's um, to have a way to connect more deeply with yourself and with those around you in your community and to the earth is what right. I feel speaks most to me and so yes i i i burn sage and ceremony of allowing my spirit to get into it honestly is very soothing and relaxing to me and allows me to fall deeper into introspection and to cleanse away things in my auric field and in around me that i wish and it's also like giving you like that tangible thing that you're able to do to honor what you're intending to do. I mean, even just like when you're letting go of stuff to like bring that to ceremony and and burn it, like, which is, you know, tradition in some cultures. It's like, how, how beautiful and symbolic is that? You know, because it's not like anger, like in, in Christian, you know, symbolism, a lot of fire mean like brings up for me at least like (laughs) hell. (laughs) Yeah. Fire and brimstone yeah. and hell, right? But with the, the practice, like shamanism or or any sort of native culture practice, that that's right. not what that means. It's it's a. I mean, fire elementally is a beautiful yeah. release, right? You Oxygen, need air. Yeah, you need fire in order for that to like happen, and it it transmutes that. It doesn't destroy it. It right. releases it. Like, and how beautiful, right? You're not trying to get rid of this thing that you don't want anymore. You're trying to go, I don't thank you. Thank you for what you did for me in that time and that space, but I no longer need you here. And that's it. I mean, I do have to say that this like is, the more you think about it, sort of a a delicate topic, right? Because some people may be very much offended by practicing those sort of things, but you know, my intention in practicing those, and I know Sess's intention in practicing those things is is about honoring right. it and being present with it and not claiming it as my own because it's, it's not. That's it's exactly right. It's just a way to connect. And yeah. In yeah. America, you know, the options, you know, I feel is like God and the Christian church, you know, that's like yeah, which white America or, yeah. you know, it's a lot of religion yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't resonate it is. with the religion. I resonate with honoring earth and spirituality and the beyond the veil, you know? And yeah. to me that the what our indigenous peoples have done is that. Right. And then there's a mix, right? Like there's new age. Oh, I love new age I love, shit. And there's, yeah, it's a mix. Katie and I it's went literally a mix. Katie and I went to Sedona a couple weeks ago and I lost mm-hmm. my mind. She lost. So yes, the new age stuff, the indigenous stuff, all of it. It's like, yes, give me the crystals. Give me, give me the 
the oracle cards give me the angel cards this stuff yeah, yeah let me read books about like life well after maybe death. That, that's more katie <laughs> like, um, like, i'm not there yeah, yet that's me <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you'll hear yes, about this in but a it few is it's episodes. like <laughs> finding what like sparks you like what lights you up what gives you excitement and like what right. you can't read like wait to read more about or dive into or explore and some of that can be religious and some of you know yeah it can be for sure it for sure can be religious the whole point of this is not to be like don't do religion like no no dude just know that there are all kinds of options and that it doesn't have to be a rigid thing if that rigidity and those dogmas that happen to sort of populate and hang out around religions doesn't sit with you like you can take the parts that do really work for you because there's so much beautiful stuff there and also yeah. add in some other stuff yeah. if you want. And I think like the yeah. point of all of this is to just like have a happy, beautiful light as well. And yeah. have a like for me, it gives me an anchor, it gives me a foundation. Right. And I do think that, um, you know, it's not as prevalent now but it it was a few years ago that like find your passion chase your passion and this idea that everyone has to like be so enthralled and involved and passionate about something and it's like and that's the way to happiness and that just leads people to failure too because i mean some people just aren't you know i can't say i'm always passionate about stuff i'm a passionate person there are many things that i am passionate about but i'm not always in that moment in that feeling um, and I think that's what this can teach you. Like just sitting with yourself can show you that like that's also yeah, enough. You're enough. Have you seen that movie? You here in this I think moment. It's called is Enchanted. Enough. It's like the new Disney movie. Or Pixar. It's I cannot say that I have. It is so cute. I cannot say that but I have. It's basically what you're saying. It's like this um <laughs> young girl, Mirabelle, who's born to this family and everyone at a certain age receives their magical gifts. And some of it is like um talking to animals or healing wounds and all this stuff. And this one girl doesn't have that gift yeah. and the, have like a specific gift like that. And the whole point is like, you're enough just yeah. as you are. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a special gift to prove that you deserve to be here or that you're okay. And I loved that. Yeah. You should watch it. Too, actually. <laughs> it's really yeah, sweet. Maybe I will. I've also been told that I need to watch. Oh Soul, yes. So, Maybe I, it will be a yes, Disney I love that movie. That movie's amazing as well. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we go into our far out and out there segment, Katie? No, I mean, I guess just if you're drawn, if you're listening to this podcast, it means you're kind of called to this anyway. And so if you haven't started your own practice, now Consider your this your sign. Yeah, this is your Start sign. Start breathing. Wake up. <laughs> That's all it takes is literally breathing. Yeah, literally yeah. just like consciously And breathing. who knows where it will lead you. Hell right. yeah. And- yeah. And like, be excited because this is just yes. the beginning. And I think that is For the most you. cool yeah. thing about it is it's never ending. There's no, we don't no. get to some finish line. You can explore no. so much. And as long as you're open minded and have that desire, there's literally no limit. It's so cool. All right. This is our far out and out there segment. Katie's yawning. Far out and out there. I am yawning. And this is because <laughs> I've heard these stories already. <laughs> so this is our segment that's basically interesting, extraterrestrial, UFO, paranormal, whatever. Weird yes. shit. Theories. Uh, 
strange stories that we've experienced or people we know have experienced. And I think in the future, we'll probably have guest segments because it's pretty cool. Yeah. Because we're running out. Unless those aliens yeah, want to come we'll, down. Um, we'll go to a CE5. Give me a few more experiences. And then we'll have some material for a couple weeks. So my yeah. story, it actually kind of ties into a little bit of what I was speaking about with Native and Indigenous cultures of America. And I think I told yeah. you last night I was going to tell one story, but I'm going to do a different one. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> So um, my far out and out there story um, took place last May, and it was when my fiance James and I were camping in Canyonlands National Park, which is in southern Utah, and we were in the Needles District, which is in the more southern part of the park. And a little history is um, The natives lived here probably as many as 10,000 years ago. And the first people to live here were archaic hunter-gatherers, which came to Canyonlands for uh, large game and in search of edible plants. Um, And the needles or Canyonlands is is divided into four different districts because it's so huge. There's the needles district. Um, There is island in the sky the maze, and then Canyonland Rivers. And as the author Edward Abbey describes Canyonlands, it is the most weird, wonderful, and magical place on earth. There's nothing like it anywhere. And I think I I stole that book from you a couple years ago. I don't know if I gave it back, but... No, I don't know if you did. That's a discussion for a different time. Yes. Is that Desert Solitaire? I think I borrowed it from you and thought I asked you and then realized I never asked you and just took it from your house. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. So James and I were camping. We weren't exactly in the park. We didn't get a campground in the in the national parks. We were a little bit outside of it. And I think our camp area is something like Lavender something. It was a really cool name. And it was really out there, not near any other people. And we set up a beautiful camp and we had like our tables and our Coleman stove and our coolers and everything. everything. Like we set up camp, literally, and blew up our air mattresses. I think we like went on a drive around this area we were in and we took this road as far down as it it could go. And I it ended and it was kind of like a big rock wall. And if you wanted, you could probably climb up and get farther. However, it like literally looked like you could go inside the rocks. Like there was some sort of like portal. You know what I mean? And and it's like sometimes I don't know if it's like I felt a little uneasy because like we're so out there. We're the only people out in this like very remote area. Which is creepy. Yeah. Or because of like the energy that's there. Probably both. And that's what I'd say um, was certainly for this specific occasion. So we camp that night and somewhere in the middle of the night, I remember waking up, but I, it was also somewhat of a dream state as well. Waking up and knowing, having a knowing that there was an elderly woman outside of the tent, <laughs> an elderly native woman, indigenous woman outside of the tent yeah. telling yeah. me, you can't be here. You're not supposed to be here. And 
I said, okay, we will leave in the morning. And then like in my mind's eye (laughs) or in this dream state, I saw her going back, traveling on that road that we had driven on earlier. Yeah. She was wearing a white like shawl and she was older and her hair was pulled back and she had a very sweet face, but it was also just like, you can't be here. This is not, this is not for you. This is not for you. And I think I even like went back to bed because it wasn't like threatening or super scary at all. It was just like, oops, you know? This is not where I meant to be. It wasn't threatening. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I was like, oh, um, you know, James, I know we I know we set up camp. We did a lot of work and unpacking and setting up the tent and blowing up our air mattresses. But um, a spirit of a woman visited me in the night and told me to leave. So we got to kind of we got to saddle yeah, up and so ride out of here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and he's like, over? <laughs> Okay. Um, you know, it was like a little confused and weird, but he's like, okay. And then we'll, we'll go find somewhere else. And then like later in the day, he's like, Sess, are you sure? This is a lot of work to like get all this. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, (laughs) I told this, I told this spirit I would leave. I told her. And I don't want her to come back again tonight. (laughs) No, I don't want, cause she might be mean. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And so we camped up or we packed up. We uh, drove a couple more miles. I think this is like, might've been in the park, but um, set up camp for another night. And, and I wasn't visited by any more spirits that night. And, uh, yeah, it was just a very interesting experience and it wasn't threatening or scary, but it was just this knowing of like, okay, this is a sacred piece of land that I'm not supposed to be on. Right. And it was an interesting experience. It was like a little, a little uneasy. And I know that like sometimes when I'm places that there has been a lot of, there's like a lot of energy collected. I have to like consciously like close off sometimes because I am a very open person. Yeah. Yeah. I often put up like a, yeah, like a bug shield, like it's blue. Yeah. It's like one of those zap things. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah, zap shit when it's on. Like, no. mm -mm. But in the case of me, like, really being somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, let me know. Just let me know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so that's my, that's my story for this week. And um, we'll post pictures of that campsite later on. Yes. I do have a question, though. Do you? Okay. So for me, obviously, I haven't had that experience, but um, I often just like get a feeling. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, I was like, whoa, did you this have is that an, at the beginning uh, a little uh, bit. Yes, I did. I because like James had even mentioned okay. like there's a lot of rocks in the air, and he's like, these look like spaceships. I'll see if I have some uh, pictures of those as well. Yeah, and I also just felt like, oh, we're very isolated out here. There was something uneasy about it right yeah. from the start. Yeah, but it was right. like a beautiful area. There was like space to set up, make a fire, all this stuff. So it was like. Well, maybe I'm just overreacting, but I think now, like, I can sense of like, okay, tune in, Sess. Like, should you be here? What is this? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Then maybe the yeah, maybe she wouldn't have to, have to like to you travel from her wherever yeah. her home and her home and the rocks yeah. in that land or wherever, and she wouldn't have had to do that. But yeah, that really right. made me think. Okay, I have a good partner because he's willing to pack up. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah, real questions okay. Asked. I guess we're Just going. Like, okay. 
All right. Yeah. That's a Pisces for you. I love it. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you in in our next episode. And stay in the magic. Until then, stay in the magic. And stay weird. Yeah, I mean, that's Austin's thing. But (laughs) I think we can say it too. (laughs) Bye. Bye.